listening to Humanize Me with Bart Campolo. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Uh, this is going to be one of those Q&A shows that I do with John. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, wait a second. You guys haven't done one of those in a long time. What's up with the Q&A shows with John? And the answer is it's kind of John is what's up. <laughs> John, is it, you're, you're, you're here now, but John, you haven't really been here, have you? No, I I was. Um, do you want me to tell, just tell the story? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a story of our times. It's the story of our times. So, uh, Thanksgiving weekend, my son, after months and months and months of quarantine, um, strict quarantine, strict, fairly strict. I mean, we didn't really do all that much. You know, we go out once in a while for different things. You go to the park and stuff like that. But I had actually been a little bit worried, like, oh my gosh, like he's in his senior year of high school. He's spending so much time in his room, you know, like how good can that be? And then there was this opportunity that came up to see some friends, some old friends that he hadn't seen in the whole year. And I said, okay, well, so what kind of event is this? And he's like, well, it's going to be outdoors. There's going to be um, fires and, you know, that kind of thing. And it's all going to be outside. Uh, and it was until it wasn't. And so he went to this friend's house and it was a whole group getting together and everyone was hugging and he felt kind of like, maybe I, you know, I, sh I don't want to be, you know, the one that isn't hugging. And then like they went inside later in, in the night and sat around each other. Well, a few days later, one of those people tested positive for COVID-19. Um, and then another how, one, two how many days people, after that. How many people were at this? I'm just curious, like how many people were at this party, this get together? I think it was about six to 10, if I had to guess. Oh, wow. So yeah. it was small. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and everyone's hugging and you're like, well, actually, I'm going to be not, I'm going to be the teenager yeah. that isn't going to hug. Right. Well, he said he was conscious of what was going on. Like he really felt, you know, very conscious of it, but oh, yeah. still the peer pressure, right? And this is also like the only time all year uh, that qualified, you know. So, so, like, I think he just felt like, okay, so what are the odds, you know? Well, it turned out the odds were bad. I mean, especially at this time, I think if it had been a month and a half before, probably fine. But, you know, there's been a big surge everywhere and, and um, Arizona is no exception. So, um, so then he tests positive. And so he immediately, you know, it's like, oh my gosh. Okay, so like, we're going to get you some supplies. I got him a big case of water. Like, okay, so you're going to be in your room <laughs> like you have been. <laughs> you know, you're going to be in your room some more. And um, it was about... Did he have any symptoms? Did he have any symptoms? He did, you know, uh, pretty mild symptoms that lasted for about four days or so. And then he was mostly over it. But of course, his, his isolation has to last longer than that. I think the CDC says 10 days. Um, but then a few days later, I started not to feel... <laughs> I started not to feel very well. Wait, a few days after he went into quarantine? Yeah, I would say, let me let me think about this. So he went in four or he five days in. later that He gets I, tested and he's like, he gets locked down. And then- Right. And oh, oh, and oh, and I took, a t I took a test the same day that, that he did. 
Yeah. Uh, that test, I was negative. So I'm like, oh, you know, I dodged a bullet. Um, get in quarantine. Get in your room. Go to your room, son. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Never come out. <laughs> and uh, I, then a few days later, I start to feel really, t- the first thing I started to feel was really tired. Like just very kind of um, exhausted. And then, <clears throat> you know, when you've got no energy, you feel extremely unproductive. And that was me for a little while. So I'm just feeling bad about myself, you know, and so it wasn't really, you know, anything yeah, I mean, more I, than that. By that, if those are your <laughs> symptoms, I've had COVID for seven months. <laughs> right. So uh, then, then uh, headaches and um, starting to feel a little achy. And I thought, oh, you know, I just have a feeling that that test was not... Of course, I'm isolating too at this point, right? Because right. you can't act like if you've been, it's, you've been exposed. Yeah, you, you're right. You know. You, yeah. So, you kind of go like, I'm treating myself as though I have it, even though I don't think I do. Well, that changed right. into, uh, and now I kind of think I do. So, a few days later, what, four days later, I went for a second test and it came back positive. So... Yeah. And so the worst it really got was, you know, I never really had a fever. Technically, I was warm, you know, like I'd be in the 99 plus range. I never went over 100, I don't think, uh, fever. Um, a lot of just aches and feverish, just not feeling well. You know, when you feel like just completely run down and Typical sort of flu-like symptoms. That's what I had. Flu-like. I was just going to say flu-like symptoms. Flu-like symptoms. That's what I had, and it went on for several days like that. Um, The biggest and most sort of distressing symptom, if you want to put it that way, was the loss of taste and smell. I mean, complete loss of taste and smell. And the weird thing about it is, like when you, um when you're just sort of doing normal things, reading or on computer or whatever, you don't notice anything, like nothing's different. But then something where you know you should be smelling something and you're not, or you know you should be tasting something and you're not, it's just completely blank, like completely not there. That is weird, like really, really weird. Yeah. So- I mean, and I would say like the goodness is you could have rice and beans every meal and you'd be fine. <laughs> right. Because, but, but the bad news is you wouldn't be able to enjoy it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that yeah. is a very odd, that still isn't back by the way. Like. Oh, really? It's been, yeah. So, so today is my 10th day since onset. So technically this is my last day of isolation. Uh, I still have mostly no taste and smell. Like mostly it's not there yet. Um, a little bit, like it's, it's back just a touch, but it's definitely not where it normally would be. So it's, it's weird, man. And, and, you know, you know, everyone's got, um, so my observation of this, tell me what you think. I mean, I, I sort of feel like everyone's got their, their sort of risk assessment, their own like personal risk assessment of like, okay, how careful am I going to be compared to other people? Right. And like, you, you go, you're like, okay, so I'm not going to do this, but I might do this. You know, I might not have people into my house, but I might, I might have them to the yard or I might, or whatever it is. And, and I think everyone's done a version of that. And I've had moments that were 
pretty lax, and then other moments that were very, um, you know, sort well, sure, of, and yeah, and, and 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 you know, it's not just the risk; it's also the reward. So that's why Thanksgiving was such a a blowout because right, right. people people said like, look, I wouldn't risk traveling or I wouldn't risk, you know, going into somebody's home normally, but this is Thanksgiving and it's my mother. And yes. you know, I know that like Roman and Allie came out from Los Angeles to, to, to spend Thanksgiving with us. And if they would have called a month earlier and said, Hey, we're going to fly out to spend the weekend with y'all. We would have said, Hey, we're, we're going to say no to that. Like mm -hmm. that's, it's dangerous for you. It's dangerous for us. Right. Um, but because it was Thanksgiving, it felt like a bigger deal to say no to. So we didn't. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, we dodged the bullet, but, you know, it's sort of like when you run through a stop light and there's not a car there and you don't hit anybody, you know, you're still as morally culpable as if there had been a baby carriage in the yeah. crosswalk. Right. You know, right. Like yeah. You did the same thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and in this case, so I think the risk reward thing. So I'm not surprised that yeah you you, you trade it off. And, I mean I don't know about you. Thing. Yeah I don't know about you Bart, but I have felt guilty often this year because I know people who are way stricter than me. Do you know what I mean? Like I know people who who have. I don't want to say they've taken it more seriously. I I feel like I have taken it really seriously, but I feel like I have, um, oscillated. More than them, in the way See, that I, I oscillate. I oscillate between feeling guilty and feeling stupid because yes. up until about three weeks ago, I'm like, I don't know a single person that personally that had it. Yeah, I'm not at particularly high risk. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm saying to my, you know, to my 20 year old kids, don't do this and don't do that. And they're like, right. what are you talking? You know, like. Even if we get it, it's probably not going to be that big a deal. Yeah, yeah. And you say, well, you know, any risk is too much risk. And they're like, really? Because like you drive on the highway. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> you know, and, you know, we're going sledding. Um, right, you know, right. that the, the, you ride a bicycle. And so, I, you know, I've gone back and forth between, between that, you know, and and people are saying, oh, but the numbers. And I'm like, yeah, you know, 80% of the people that have died are over the age of 65 and had some kind of pre-existing health condition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm like, so am I, you know, so I, I, and then other times I'm like, look, the hospitals are overloaded and the economic, you know, the, the people are losing their jobs over this. Like we have to get it under control, even if it is just a flu-like symptoms for most people, we still have to stop it or else people won't go back to work and school. And so, so I, I. Yeah. I have I have my whole angle on this thing largely depends on who I had my last conversation with. I know. I know. The, no, me too. And I I've, I've noticed that effect. So what I was going to tell you before we came on my my um parents, my family in Ireland were all going to get together uh for Christmas. And that is within their guidelines over there. Like the there's a th three family limit in Northern Ireland. And they were going, and, and it's been opening up for Christmas. Like they're saying like, okay, for Christmas, there's a three family limit. So they're like, oh yeah, let's only get together. In, only in Ireland, only in Ireland would they go like, uh, it's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I'm hearing about this and then I got 
and then I got I got COVID, you know, and um, I felt foolish for getting it in a weird way, even though, you know, by many metrics, you know, I'm I'm like more more sensible than most people I th- than a lot of people that I know, um, you know, and uh, I thought if I got it, it was going to be through work because I've had to keep working, Bart. You know, I can't not work. <laughs> uh, I, I don't have I don't have the kind of job where that 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 kind of luxury so i thought it was going to be on some shoot um that i was on no matter what how safe you 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 try to be but i started to think my parents shouldn't get together so i'm having conversations with them and and my mom said everyone said everyone i talked to said the same thing they all said oh yeah i was thinking the same but they really want to they really want to get together they really want to do Christmas, and I don't want to tell them no. Every one of them said the same exact thing. Everyone's doing it for everyone else. Everyone's doing it for everyone else. And so when I contact them, they'd be like, oh, but mom and dad wouldn't want, you know, and then it's like, oh, but Janine, you know, she's going to, she doesn't want to, oh, David will be by himself, you know. So anyway, everyone was doing it for everybody else, and they are not going to do that anymore. They're going to meet up in a park on Christmas Day, exchange some gifts with masks on. They're going to be, you know, my dad is 75. I just feel like having had it and thinking like, oh, I could imagine this being much worse. You don't want this, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it really does come down to the last conversation people have, I think, a lot of the time. Well, okay. So, that segues me into, you know, if you want to call this a Q&A episode, loosely, loosely understood. I'm not going to read anybody's special email or have you read anybody's special email. But I get a lot of people that are like, what are you going to do about Christmas? Or what do you think we should do about Christmas? Or, yeah. or, or, or New Year's or, you know, the holiday season. And it's funny because you're like, Christmas, that's no big deal for you pagans, right? You, you atheists, agnostics, <laughs> humanists, skeptics, free thinkers. Like, what do you care? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a cultural thing. Absolutely. Um, and it's, it's, and it's so interesting, you know, people are sort of, this is going to be a, a, a strange Christmas. And I don't know if you know, do you know my theory of Christmas? I don't think so, but my I want, I want to now. I, 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 you know, and I don't want to like, I know this, this could lose us listeners and supporters. <laughs> and so I don't, I don't want to do that, but um, I hate Christmas and have always hated Christmas. Really? Hated it when I believed in Jesus. Hate it now. Oh my God. Um, hate it so much um, because I, I love people and I spend a lot of time with people and Christmas makes many, many, it's almost like the senior prom in high school that makes the same five kids who have a great time in high school feel even greater. Mm. Oh, you're the queen. I'm the king. Look, we have dates and make the same kids that are miserable all through the year, like way more miserable. Mm. Makes the rich kids and the beautiful kids. I, I hate the prom. We, I, I mean, I, I don't know if you know this, but like my friends and I boycotted our senior prom. Oh, really? For yeah, this actually, reason? For this reason. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I, I became convinced that like, this is just, you know, and I mean, I was a big soccer star in high school and like, you know, it, it, the prom was going to be fine for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is a bullshit holiday or a bullshit event. And, and, and the other thing was I knew from being friends with older kids how many people lost their virginity under miserable circumstances on prom night? Mm. 
like regrettable. Like, and I don't care, you know, like back then for Jesus, I cared. I didn't want people losing their virginity at all. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, that we, we will not, we will not catalog my regrets about my, my younger <laughs> days, but, um, and all the beautiful experiences I missed out on. Right. But, um, <laughs> but what I will say is, is that I just knew a lot of drunken, miserable, regretful experiences. And I was like, this is just bullshit. This is making, th this doesn't work for almost anybody. So you, know, my friends and I were like, we're, we're not going. And like, you know, I was, you know, and, and, and I, I tried to recruit other people not to go. And I said, we're going to have a party in the Sears Roebuck parking lot across the street from the high school because it was lit up at night and there was no cars there. And I'm like, we're going to have glow in the dark Frisbees and we're going to have, you know, drinks and snacks and we're just going to play music. And like, if, if you want to boycott the prom, join us at our party. Well, it started to kind of grow mm -hmm. to the point where the prom committee cornered me at my locker one day and said, you're wrecking the prom. And I was like, you're making my day. Um, that was my goal. Um, so I, I wow. feel the same way about, I feel the same way about Christmas that Christmas accentuates the happiness of people who don't need to have their happiness accentuated yet again, and increases the misery of people that are lonely, people that have broken relationships with their families, people that don't have enough money to buy gifts. It's this huge gift-giving extravaganza. And if you lived in the ghetto, I watched people spend money they didn't have and go into debt that would that would cripple them for the rest of right, the year. Right, right, like, right, right. This is <clears throat> bullshit. No, and I so, definitely, I definitely agree with that one. Like the 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 presence thing and how everyone is, un, you know, it's like the tyranny of like here's how you have to show love and here's how yeah. you have to do. It. Yeah, yeah. I, I I hate that, but I feel like I the, all of my wait, impulses to push back on the rest of it. But wait, so here's my thing: is I didn't want to outlaw because I know there are people like you. Yeah, um, and I, and I don't want to. Distract. I just thought it should be celebrated like the Olympics. Every four years, ah, that you know, and then it would be well, more it would be, special. It would be even more special. I was going to say, yeah, that that's true. It does. And you say, well, come what about the kids? Quickly. And I go, what about the kids? And you go, like, yeah. Well, you like, you're, by the time you're four years old, you're going to have had one Christmas. By the time you're eight, you'll have had two. So if you were like only one year old, and you know, you didn't really enjoy that one. Well, then you got the five year old, and then you know, like everybody's going to get a few good Christmases in their childhood. And they're going to be special and they're going to be looked forward to. And it'll be, you know, exciting because it doesn't happen all the time. So that, that that's my. Okay. Interesting. My, so, so in some ways I, I, I don't like, I wouldn't care about COVID wrecking everyone's Christmas except for the fact that people, people aren't canceling Christmas. They're just, they're going to spend all the same money and not even get the joy out of that. They're going to, they're going to risk their health. Like it's, it's the worst of both worlds. Yeah, as I sit looking at a pile of Amazon boxes that I have for people. Yeah. And, and, and that's the other thing is like this uh, Christmas, not only are you going to be miserable and spend money you, you can't afford, but you're going to do it through Amazon, which is the one company of the like five companies in the world that are like making mad money on right. COVID. And now they're going to make even more mad money. Like, well, that's just, right because people have to show. people depending on the status of their of their region and what's going on with in person you know retail. Uh, everyone's now forced to do online a lot of the time, and and that's before you get into the Christianity stuff. Yeah, and 
And don't get me wrong, like I like when we do Christmas, I'll sing all those like I like the mythology of Christmas, not just the Santa mythology, but the Jesus mythology, it's all good for me. Like I'll sing those songs and yeah, enjoy yeah, yeah. them. I don't have that kind of like deep animus. Um you know, so so for me, the problem is not the Christianity stuff, except this, except this. Because right now I, I'm on a new, I have a new gripe with Christianity that I that that is sort of emerging for me. Ooh, out of my out of my counseling practice. I'm so excited for this new. Gripe. Yeah, and and it's and, and it's 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 not just Christianity. It's it's lots of things, but I'm realizing that most of the people that I'm encountering that are in really difficult pain. Mm-hmm. There's the pain itself. And then there is the suffering that comes from thinking that they shouldn't be in pain. Okay. So okay. like pain is inevitable in every life. Mm-hmm. But there's a strange idea that's going around out there that Life was supposed to be beautiful and perfect and full of love and relationships and happiness. And that something has gone wrong that has wrecked it all. And so things are supposed to be good, but if there's pain and, if there's pain and misery, it's because you did something wrong. Mm. Okay. They say, gosh, that sounds a lot like the, 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 the fall. And you go, yeah, that's that's the fundamental narrative here is, is that, and and it's in, in all these religions, like that things are so, except for Buddhism, that things are supposed to have been great, that the world was great until people messed it up. And our religion is about getting it back to where it ought to be, like make creation great again. Mm-hmm. Okay, maka. <laughs> and- all the evidence and all the science would suggest two things. Number one is that it was never perfect. Like that, that, that life, that civilization, that culture is an emergent phenomenon that emerges out of conflict and out of chaos. And that in some sense, like we're more orderly and less violent than we've ever been. Number one. And number two is that you can never eliminate the negative, like people will always be dying. There will always be conflict. There will always be struggle. And so that the thing I, the thing I, like, I don't mind the mythology of like, oh, you know, somebody's coming to make everything right again. I mean, as long as that's like a happy, like, like a fairy tale, but the idea that things are supposed to be good, especially at Christmas time, what happens is, is that people compare their lives to the perfection of the Hallmark Christmas specials. Right. Which not only portray ideal lives, but they portray one moment or one one season of an ideal life. They don't, you know, so, so it looks like, all, and people send out Christmas pictures. Look at our happy family. Look at us wearing matching sweaters. Mm. And like, even to the degree that that moment is authentic, it's only one part of those people's lives. And like, you know, two years from now, one of them gets cancer. Three years ago, he had an affair. Two years ago, the kid was in, in the psych ward. And like, that's the reality. And so anybody that portrays an, the idea that things are supposed to be good and there's only pain and conflict, 
when you've done something wrong. I just want to go like, no, no, no. Conflict, pain, that's part of the deal. Life is difficult, baby. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and so, so if you're in pain or if you're struggling, I'm with you, man. I'm compassionate. I care. I want to make that better. But I don't want to burden you with the idea of like, hmm, I wonder what's gone wrong here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, life is hard. Right. Yeah, and I think that's probably especially true now that we've had, what, how many decades of, like, more people right now are not living in a conflict, like in a war, than maybe ever ever before in history, right? Yeah, sure. Like, we've never had a time... We, we, we've never had a time where, where this many people for this long have been living conflict-free. Um, right. And you're less, you're less likely to get, vi- uh, to die a violent death than you've ever been. Right. Like, there are all sorts of all ma- metrics. these metrics. Yeah. yeah. And so, so you kind of go like, yeah, we've been, I mean, I grew up in the nineties, you know, the eighties and nineties were kind of cush, you know, um, yeah, I mean, you were in Belfast and you even missed out on the heart of the troubles. Yeah, most of it. Yeah, I did. Um, I was aware of a lot of stuff going on. I mean, I have story, personal stories, firsthand stories, but they're removed from what it was a decade or two before. So, yeah. you know, by the time I was coming along, I mean, the peace agreement was signed when I was 17 years old. So, that's a pretty good age to be kind of like emerging into this more peaceful thing. And so I, I have this great, I have this very sort of optimistic sense, you know, like we've talked about before on this podcast, but I guess, so one question I have for you is, so you're talking about Christmas and about like the various ways that we can make people feel like things should be like this. And we always need to get back to this because this is how things should be. And I agree with you. That's problematic. How would you suggest we celebrate? I'm, because, I'm sorry. Yeah, I did digress there, didn't I? Well, I'm just I'm just wondering how we, if if we want to do it in a way that doesn't try to project this narrative you're talking about that things should be uh, awesome all the time, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and it denies the conflict or denies the 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 contradictions of life. But how do we celebrate? Well, at, at this stage in the game, you know, uh, the culture has done us. I, I, I mean, one thing is is that it would be very. It's very hard to reframe the Christmas story itself. You know that that Jesus has come into the world as the Redeemer, and that the the Messiah has come. And because of him, we will live forever in, in eternal happiness. And mm-hmm. he, and he, you know, hallelujah, hallelujah, he shall reign forever and ever. Like, if if that was the story that dominated the American Christmas narrative, I don't know how you, you know, I <laughs> there's there's like the, the essence of the story is things are messed up. Somebody has come to fix it, and everything's going to be great from now on. We love that though. Like we love superheroes, right? The interesting thing about superhero movies and superhero stories is, is that Superman saves the world until the next episode when a new supervillain emerges. So, so you can have- That's you can true. Have, it's always temporary. 
You can have messiahs, but they're temporary. Right, the, right. The, even the, between each Marvel, even between each Marvel movie, you know, like yeah. <laughs> everything gets okay. We've solved the problem. A new threat has to emerge. Yeah, right, right. So, so, so. It, but the, the 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 good news, if you will, is is that the American narrative has shifted much more from that to. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Like I'll be home for Christmas. Mm, the family mm -hmm. around the tree. Like it's, you know, where people say like, put the Christ back in Christmas. And you go like, they're not lying. Like the Christmas holiday in America is, has become a kind of a secular myth. No, I was just making of, this, the same point the other day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so my gripe is more with the secular myth than anything that this idea of most people are happy. And if you're not, what's wrong? Yeah, most people have people to go to. And if you don't, what's right. wrong? Yeah. And I think it's, you know, I think we could, we could, that, like, so I have a problem with that. Is your problem that people don't do it in a cognizant way or, or in a way that's cognizant of that other people aren't so lucky? Yeah, I would love it if, I would love it if, all the Christmas specials started out with the idea of like, I think about Charlie Brown's Christmas tree, right? That one lousy tree, mm -hmm. you know, I would love it if they started out with like, most people have shitty Christmas trees. <laughs> that they're, most Christmas trees are brag like, there's a lot of lonely people out there in the world. And look, here's a story about Charlie Brown and the gang, like rounding up some lonely people and connecting them together. And, you know, like acknowledging, like, like I would love it if Charlie Brown looked at Linus and said, you know, Linus, most of the people out there in the world are miserable today. What are we going to do about that? And then it was a story about like fighting against the onslaught of loneliness. Like that would be a, that would be my kind of Christmas special. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, you know, so I, 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 I you know, in some ways I just want to relieve people from, like, like what I wish people would say is, hey. How are you going to get through Christmas this year? Mm. Like, that, like, instead of like, you know, what are you doing for Christmas this year? Like, who are you going to be? Uh, how how are you going to be happy this year? And somebody goes like, well, you know, I would love it if it was the default mechanism was almost like a like uh, you know a, a terrible plague was you know coming, and you and you went like you know or, or a day of misery, a, a day of depression was good. How are you going to get through it? Mm -hmm. How are you going to get through this? Yeah. Um, I, I I do like that more and more movies in the last couple of decades, uh, Christmas movies, have acknowledged the messiness of it. You know, what do you like? What do you think of the movie Love Actually? Oh, I, I really like that movie. Yeah, I just like yeah, how you're, you're it's right. Mess, it's messy. You're right. There is that. There is an acknowledgement of the mess. Yeah. Um, the difficulty is, of course. Well, no. Even in Love Actually, there's a couple of people that sort of end on bittersweet notes. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, so 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 first of all, I think there's that. Like I like like when when we come at the how shall we handle Christmas this year, I, I have to just be confessional and go like, and, and I'm not saying I'm right. Like I, and, and if somebody's like, I love Christmas, it's my favorite holiday of the year. I'm like, there's no accounting for taste. Like like of course, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to be the Grinch. I love, I love that story though. Um, I, I don't want to, I mean, except for, except for the ending. I mean, I just wish he would have just kept the stuff up on his mountain and, 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 you know, they would have gotten on with their lives. But, you know, so, so it's, it's, it's not so much that I just want to be grinching like Christmas sucks. And if you like it, you're an idiot. I don't think that. 
I just think there needs to be an acknowledgement of this is an incredibly hard period of time for people. Yeah. And even if you do have a really nice family, you need to be aware of the fact, like, I wish Christmas was more of a time in which people felt the burden of who are you, who are you taking care of this year? Who are you welcoming in this year? And of course, in, in, in the COVID thing, you can't do that even if you want to. Mm -hmm. um, so, so putting aside my, my horrible anti-Christmas bias, <laughs> and then like, let, let's just pretend Christmas was Thanksgiving, my favorite holiday of the year. Um, and, um, and that what we were really just talking about is like, gosh, how are we going to relate to these people who think differently than us? How do we, you know, what do we do if we can't get together? Should we have a zoom call? Like, you know, sort of the, the general, like, how do we deal with our disconnection from one another that, you know, on Christmas day, we'll feel it in a different way, but in, in an extreme way, but that we've been feeling for a long time. It's kind of, it's kind of a, what do you call it? An, an, an intense expression of a general malaise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just have one suggestion. Um, and maybe this is from somebody who's just zoomed out, just, just sick to death of video conferencing. Right. Um, I think most people can relate. I wonder what would happen if everybody said, I'm going to send you a handwritten letter. That's my gift this year. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write something to you. I'm going to, I'm going to hand copy a poem that I think is nice, or I'm going to write to you five things I like about you, or I'm going to, I'm going to share with you three memories of Christmases we spent together that I remember things I remember. Like, I just wonder what if everybody was like, I'm getting off the Zoom on Christmas and everyone is going to get on that day, there's going to be an envelope for everybody I care about or an email for everyone I care about where I write out for them how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking and, and how much I love them. I just, there's a part of me that thinks that, you know, we have exhausted the possibilities of the video conference mm. and that we need to try a different technology to feel like the other person cares about us. Yeah. What do you think of that? I really like it. Really like it. Now, it's something that never crossed my mind. The obvious criticism that will come in will be easy for you to say, Mr. Guy who likes to write. <laughs> there might be workarounds. So that's one of the things where I say like, okay, so you're not very good at the word thing. Could you look up a sentiment, a Christmas poem, uh, a, a sonnet, um, something and, and, and just copy it and just say, I'm still going to like the, the thing, the thing I'm going to give you is my handwriting mm -hmm. or, or the thing I'm going to get you is the time I spent thinking about this. Um, I think like you could, you could take a scene from a movie that, you, that you're like, this is how I feel about you. Like this scene, when she says this to her and you, you just like, you write out the dialogue or maybe if, if, if you, if you know, or you, or you take the scene from the movie and you send it and you go like, this scene is my gift to you. I'm playing this person. You're playing this person. If I was more articulate, this is what I would say. Mm, I like it. I, I, ju I just think you have to find a way 
to communicate with each other that isn't, this will sound weird, but that isn't in real time because real time puts too much pressure on people to respond well. That's the problem with gifts a lot of the time is that, is that you open the gift and it's a book about prayer and you haven't really, like, like you have to, and people are watching you and you have to quickly go, how do I respond to this? Like, I don't believe, but my mother does. And uh, it was the message. That, you know, it's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. You ever open a gift? You ever open a gift and be like, oh shit, what am I going to do? <laughs> yes. And so I think on some level, one of the things that would be good at this time when people are not at their best and when communication is hard is, is to send something that frees the receiver to think about how they want to respond to it. Like that gives them some time. Um, and that also, you know, gives you some time to put together something that is very, very personal, um, not expensive, but personal. Um, but the, 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 the demonstrates that you took some time that I thought about you when you weren't in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so no, I think I, that's really I, good. I, 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 and, and you might say, well, but I already ordered from Amazon and I go, yeah, yeah, well then this could be a both end, like the Amazon thing's coming, but I still think that there's something to be said for saying, let's, let's communicate with each other on this day that there's an expectation of communication, but maybe let's do it a little differently. Yeah. Um, and take the pressure off of us to be interpersonally sharp on a day that a lot of people are not interpersonally sharp. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyway, it's, you're probably, you know, probably there, I can just, I can hear people going like, that's stupid and unrealistic and you're a Grinch and I don't like you anymore. And <laughs> you're a Grinch. And, 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 and I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, no, just, I, I think that's I, an interesting nu nuance because, yeah, I, like cr Christmas is a weird, it's a very, very weird time, no matter whether, you know, you, you even just think about like the difference between how you relate to it as an adult and how you related to it when you were 12 years old, you know, and this kind of like, you know, that, that theory of, of, um, uh, psychology that you know everyone is in some way kind of like trying to get back to the womb you know <laughs> like they yeah. they miss that they miss that and i think in in many ways everyone is sort of trying desperately to capture the magic they felt or may, or maybe some people didn't but that many people felt when they were 12 years old on christmas morning like that's what everyone's trying to get back to <laughs> you know yeah yeah and no one's succeeding but i mean I no, and, and, and I think that, that would be the other thing is I think it would be so healthy if we went like, oh, Christmas, that's that holiday that's for people under the age of 13 and, and, and where the adults throw a, a collective birthday party for everyone under the age of 13 and go like, oh yeah, you're under 13. Oh yeah, you get Christmas gifts and we do this. Mm -hmm. And then like you go through the rite of passage, you have your bar mitzvah or whatever you have at 13. And you're like, oh, now you're one of the people that writes Christmas poems or that are that um, buy gifts uh, for little kids. But like you, you cross over, now you're an adult and we don't do the gift thing. 
because <laughs> that's ridiculous. Right. And we can't afford it as a culture. And it, and it puts too much pressure. And like, like, let it be magical for the people who are still old enough to have it be magical. And have your 13th birthday, have your 13th Christmas, have people go like, oh, your last Christmas. I hope it's a good one. You know, like, I, 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 you know, I, I just, anything you could do to dial it down, I would, I would support. You, you like that. Yeah. Yeah. Less is I more. I like that. Less is more. Well, and you mentioned um, Thanksgiving being your favorite holiday. What's funny about that is I didn't grow up with Thanksgiving. You know, in Ireland, we have nothing to be thankful for. <laughs> Um, and then came here and found I loved it, loved Thanksgiving. First of all, the four-day weekend that most people get, not everyone, right? but that a lot of people get. And, and that's a rare opportunity where, right? yeah, like because Americans are, in my opinion, um, overworked. Then there's the fact that it's such a pure, it's like, it's so pure. There's no gifts. There's no, it's just about eating together. Like, can you imagine a more pure thing than that? And it's so limited. Like there's only so much you can do at Thanksgiving. Like, no, like your, your rich uncle's Charlie can't give his wife a Corvette for Thanksgiving and make you feel bad about your Thanksgiving. Like right, anybody's right. Thanksgiving can be as good as anybody else's within reason. Yes. Yes. No, I, I love it. I love it. Uh, so I mean, it's, I'm it's with, got built-in limiters. Yeah. Right. But so you're saying maybe maybe you're saying people can do do a little bit more of a Thanksgiving style Christmas in some ways and, you know, use it as an opportunity. This year's sure. different, but yeah. Yeah. And this year, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Like there's not, like, like in some ways, this is the dumbest thing for me to be saying around this Christmas, because a lot of people are going to be like, is Christmas is already going to suck. We're going to be alone and, <laughs> you know, we're not going to see our family and, um, and you don't even want us to video call them. And, um, you know, and, and so like, please take everything I'm saying, John, with a huge grain of salt and say like, if, if you've got something else and you think it's going to work for you, go with it. I'm just, I just want to let people know that if they are feeling like not just that this Christmas isn't working for them, but the Christmases in general don't work for them. It creates a lot of tension and a lot of pressure and a lot of difficult conversations. You are not alone. You are not alone. This is a tough holiday. And, and again, like my, my, you know, I think that that's, you know, the more people I talk to, the more I find that there's the pain that they're in, whether it's the pain of my parents won't talk to me anymore because I don't believe in Jesus anymore, or the pain of I'm losing my marriage, or the pain of my, you know, my 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 kids, I can't communicate with them, or I'm struggling with alcohol, or whatever people's pain is. There's the pain that they feel, and then there's this on top of it pain that they feel because they think they're the only one. I mean, I mm -hmm. talked about I talked about having somebody very close to me attempt suicide, and I was flooded with emails and letters yeah. from people saying, "Thanks so much for talking about that. I've had that experience, and I felt so alone in it." Mm -hmm. And I go, "Like, do you have like? M my guess is that there's probably fewer people in your life that have not been touched by suicide, uh, some suicide attempt." 
somebody who 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 it happened to, and then that affected their family. Like I, I bet you there are more people that have. I, I bet you there are fewer people in your life that have not been touched by suicide than there are that have. Mm. But it's not talked about very much, right? And I think that that's that, so. So if there's anything it, like, you know, maybe the, the the question we should put at the top of this is like. Bart, what's bothering you right now? And I would go like, <laughs> the, what's bothering me right now is the myth that if something's going wrong in your life, that's what sets you apart. And the answer is, it's just the opposite. If you're on a good streak right now, if all your kids are healthy, and if you have enough money to buy food, and if your marriage is holding steady, you are in the incredible minority. Thank your blessings for today and don't expect that it'll last all the way to the finish line. Something's going to go wrong. I was going to say, when you were saying that earlier, Bart, I kept thinking like, oh yeah, this is actually really real to you right now. Like this year has been a hard year for you. Uh, and it seems it's, like- it's, it's so funny. It's so funny, John, because like yeah. that's true. But that's not why I'm. That's not why it's coming to my mind. What's coming to mind is I, I spent the, I, I spent twenty hours last week talking to people from every socioeconomic category you could imagine, every life situation you can imagine, for an hour at a time. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that they all had in common was there was some real trauma, some real source of pain in their life on the one hand, and there was some bizarre expectation that. Like it represented a personal failure on their part that they were in that situation when in many cases it was just bad luck. Wow. Yeah. And so, but you're right. You're right. Like I'm in it too. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, my family's gone through some stuff this year. And, but, but the truth is I'm just, I'm so, you know, the people that write in for the show, like, you know, humanize me is a community of people that are struggling with something. And in many cases, love the show because I'm like, oh gosh, at least finally I found a place where like, I get it, my, my, like, I don't feel alone or where like these guys talk honestly about the stuff that they don't do well or that they can't figure out. And, uh, and I think like, yeah, that is the world that we live in is a world in which there is a strange expectation that if you do everything right, you'll get good outcomes. And that is a religious conviction. <laughs> that, that is the old prosperity gospel, that if you are faithful, you will prosper. And it was bullshit when the Christians said it, and it's bullshit when Hallmark says it. It's bullshit all the way down the line. You can do everything right, and life will blindside you. You will get run over by an emotional truck. You will, something will happen. And, and, and real love and real community and real growth and real joy is in what we make of the mess and how we help each other through the muck and how we connect on the other side of those pains and in between and in the valleys and, and how we celebrate the moments of joy that, and the thrill that, that do happen to us and how, we, how we're that much more grateful for a, for a joyful day because we know that they're not ever going to be every day. And so, yeah, I, I just am so aware of that expectation right now. And I just, I kind of, my crusade, at least, at least my 50-minute crusade of this podcast 
is to just wave a flag and say, don't believe them. It's not the truth. You don't necessarily have to do anything wrong to be in trouble. Man, you're making me uh, remember why we do this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, which, which is maybe a good way to end it and to say, I'm sorry that we haven't done more podcasts. If John would just not get COVID, <laughs> um, we would have been here more. No, no, it's, you're right. This is why we do this podcast. And I think in some ways that's what it is, is that when we, when we talk about stuff that really matters, we get done it and we look at each other and we look at our friends and we go like, you know what? We should talk about stuff that really matters more often. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks, man. Hey, thank you. Thanks for the show. I love you, man. I love you. And, 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 you know, what we often say to people, hey, write an email, send a card, let us know what you're thinking, especially now, if any of this stuff touches you or if you hate me now for, for pissing on Christmas. Either way, love to hear from you. BartCampolo.org, humanizeme.com. All the ways to find us are really easily documented on the website. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you, Bart. And with that, we'll say see you next time on Humanize Me. For more on BART, go to bartcampolo.org. If you like this podcast, please consider supporting it every month and get extra content for it. Go to patreon.com slash humanize me. Our patrons do make the show happen. Follow us at humanize me pod on Twitter and humanize me podcast on Instagram. You can also join other listeners on our private Facebook group. Just search humanize me on Facebook. To ask your own question on the show, leave it as a voicemail at 424-291-2092. That's 424-291-2092. And finally, please review us on iTunes. It really helps. Catch you next week. Humanize Me is a production of Jux Media. Hey, you could be larger than life. You could